Thought Bubble Audio. Hi, and welcome to Academy Rewind, the fortnightly podcast where we are taking a look at the Oscars from years past. I am Tim, and with me, as always, is 2017's Best Palmer. How are you today? Good. How are you? I'm doing very well. Happy New Year. Happy New Year to you as well. We can actually say that because this because episode is going to get released a lot faster. So fast. <laughs> like, in a matter of days from when we're saying this. It's very exciting. Um, we are here to do our... Uh, best and worst of 2017 um, movies that movies that we have seen in 2017. Um, perhaps they will be the Oscar nominated films. We're not sure they because be. well, at least because opinion. this is going to be um, this is going to be released before the nominations. Yes, two um, days before, pretty much two days let's, before. So we'll do another episode with the nominations. Yeah. Great, um, great. So. How many films did you see this year? New films that came out in 2017. 2017 uh, 106. So our 106 films. Yes, because I saw one more last night. Um, out of curiosity, what was that last it was film? Goodbye, Christopher oh, Robin. Oh, Goodbye, Christopher yeah. Robin. A film that I really wanted to see and didn't get to. <laughs> um, but that's okay. I saw 60 films that came out in 2017. Slacker. Well, some of us have lives. <laughs> what do you... I can't. I can't argue that. <laughs> <laughs> um... I mean the fact, the fact that I stood home on New Year's Eve and watched like four movies straight. I I hung out with Thurgood Marshall. Oh, good. I hung out with a Tanya movie Harding. I also wanted to see. I know. A movie I also <laughs> wanted to see. I like that was. I was like, I only have one day left in this year. I have to catch up. I have to see all the films that Tim wanted to see yep. and I, didn't get to because also, they weren't widely released. I also saw an, an animated Mel Brooks. Qua leap. Oh, he was in that movie? Yeah. Oh, I didn't know that. A film I didn't want to see. This is true. Didn't. I was the only one who wanted to see it. Yes. You, that is correct. And I think the box office proves that. Um, so, Philistine. So I saw 60 new films uh, because of Academy Rewind, and I, I, I went back and tallied. I saw 134 new films to me yeah. this year. Um, that's not, And that's not counting films that I've seen before and right, I watched right. again. Um, I did not go back and tally the Academy Rewind stuff, um, but I mean, during my when you sent me that, I kind of averaged it out because we saw similar movies, if not uh, the same number, that were new. Yeah, well, to us. there were seventy four new movies from Academy Rewind yeah. for and me. that 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 sounds about right uh, for me. And I I did the quick math, quick dirty math of two hours a movie. Mm-hmm. Even though Terrence Malick feels like fifty, mm-hmm. um, that led me to I spent two consecutive weeks of movie watching last year. Wow, we're so cool. I know we're so cool. Oh my god, well, I'm I'm <laughs> not I'm not dissatisfied. No, it was a good life. <laughs> um, I just out of curiosity, do you yeah. remember what? Oh no, I didn't do them in order. Oh well, I was gonna look and see like what was the first movie I saw in 2017, but I remember that I didn't do them in order. So I could say the last movie I saw in 2017, but ooh, the first 2017 movie was it Hidden Figures? Was I, that our first it, movie? That was our first part of the weekly movie thing. That mm-hmm. was our first weekly movie. Um, and for those keeping track at home, 
we we counted these movies two ways. One, if you actually saw it, even though if it was limited release in, in 2017, or if it was widely released. Like, Hidden Figures is widely released in 2017. Right. Their IMDb page lists it as 2017. Right, which is why it counted for last year's Oscars. Right. But it's still going to be on our list. Yeah, maybe. Who knows? Maybe. Well, it's going to be on our list of available op- yeah. uh, options. That's what Absolutely. I mean. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, so, January 1st was on a Sunday last year. Yeah, I mean, it's a good possibility that Hidden Figures was my first one. Yeah, I think so, too. And you said your last one was Goodbye, Christopher Robin. Yep. My last one was Breathe. That was the last film I saw of 2017. Reminding me that... Andrew Garfield? Yeah, Andrew Garfield, Claire Uh Foy, Andy Serkis directed. I meant to say the other one, just to upset you, but... But you you guessed the right one. Lame. All right, so we have... So we have... We have... Each of us have compiled... uh, our top 10 yep. of 2017. We have five honorable mentions. Mm-hmm. We have one guilty pleasure mm-hmm. and one worst film of the year. Um, question. Mm-hmm. Can an honorable mention, a guilty pleasure, or one in the top 10 be the same movie? No. They have to be different. Crap. <laughs> the guilty pleasure can't make it into the top 10. That, I think negates the point of having a top 10 it doesn't matter if you think like you know the movie right. isn't great uh, okay um so we're gonna start with you while for you no re- other reason than i just have to quickly make some changes and not put justice league in every single spot okay um also for the for the record on this <laughs> um these are just movies that we feel that like we enjoyed the most doesn't necessarily mean that these are the films that we think are going to get nominated though some right. of that is going to cross over with one another yes um like for me the way i i was telling you the other day the way i listed my movies was essentially in order of what i would want to rewatch more right um because out of the 106 movies last year i really only disliked 20 movies so I had a good. lot of movies that I liked and a lot of movies I really liked. So it was kind of like that was the only way I could really decipher between the two. And I I actually did it in a way that I not movies that I necessarily would rewatch because they're a good fun time or whatever, but I I did it more in the way of what did I think were the 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 most quality of <laughs> films? Like what yeah. what cohesively worked the better to make it the best. Right. Um and I recognize, and some of those I think like are personal, personal choices. Yeah, I mean, um, everything's personal. Yeah, choice. right. That's true. Um, okay, so I'll start with my. I'll start with my honorable mentions. I guess. Okay, that's that's fine. I'll start with my honorable mentions and go there. And my honorable mentions are in no particular order. They're just right, right. They're just honorable. Um, and I'm going to start in the middle of my list for no reason than to confuse myself later. Uh, Dunkirk. Is, I'm, I'm actually surprised this is not in your top ten. It is. It is an honorable mention. Christopher Nolan's Dunkirk. I saw over the summer. It was a magnificent piece of filmmaking, particularly technical filmmaking. With the going, you know, he kind of went backwards, and he did so much with model work and um, and tried to really avoid the idea of green screen, and you know, even just the logistics of filming on a boat or filming people on boats is so complicated because everything's always rocking and to keep it, you know, to keep like the, the ocean line, like the, 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 
the land away from the camp. Like it's just very complicated technical work. Mm-hmm. Like other Christopher Nolan films, I think it's it's in some it's lacking. Sometimes like the human element is sometimes yeah. lacking in his films. It's always a criticism of Christopher Nolan films and some films I think don't lack like I people like disinterstellar for lacking a human element and i think that's one of his most emotionally raw movies where mm-hmm. there's actually like people that like you really like you actually feel for right um you know like like so for like Incep- i don't feel for leonardo dicaprio's character in inception but i feel for matthew mcconaughey in interstellar yeah. i didn't feel for anybody in yep. dunkirk and that's not a fault i think of the actors or necessarily even the film that's not I don't know if that's the kind of film he was trying to present it almost felt like that he was presenting like he was presenting Dunkirk you know yeah. what I mean he wasn't presenting like the story of Jack Daniels the kid who survived Dunkirk you know yeah. so um um but there because there was the, that element missing it just didn't hit the top 10 some of that is personal bias against war movies which are just not something i'm incredibly interested in um and not enough kenneth branagh there i said it yeah i i I i was actually thinking that (laughs) as you were talking not enough um for for a for a point in time in the war that i never heard about Mm -hmm. until this movie I've heard a lot about this event since, since then. then. That's not true. even like going out looking for it, but like it, yeah, it even watching up in like Darkest Dark, Hour, which I haven't seen, but I know it creeps up in Darkest um, Hour. Well, the because we will about, fight them on the beaches and blah 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 is Dunkirk. That's where that speech comes from, right? And uh, Darkest Hour is um, Churchill trying to another film. To I didn't get. I didn't. Yeah. I wasn't able to get to. Um, but that's a that's a good choice. I was actually surprised it's not on your top ten. Yeah, yeah. Do you want to go back and forth on this top ten, uh, or yeah. do you want to? Yeah, okay. Yeah, just that way. That way you can give your voice a rest. Okay. Um, for the most part, my honorable mentions are probably higher up on my list. If there's just some differences in the movie, mm-hmm. and the first one is Lady Bird. Um, Lady Bird, which just came off of winning another movie, I didn't get to see. <laughs> Uh, Lady Bird, which just came off winning uh, Best Comedy at the Golden Globes, mm-hmm. along with Best Actress. Um, my, I loved the acting in this movie. Mm. The acting from Laurie Metcalf and uh, Saoirse Ronan. Yep, um, is just phenomenal. It's it's one of the best acting performances I've seen by women this year, and probably in quite a few years. Um, but after that, like the movie becomes dry mm. and kind of lingers a little too long. Sure. Um, and I think with a with a snappier with a snappier paced script, this movie probably easily breaks into my top ten. Mm. Um, but this is a movie that I would recommend, especially if I know somebody likes like drama, um, even though it's comedy. Though it's a well, dark I mean, comedy, I mean, right? I, okay. Um, if I know people like really dry comedy, okay, um, then this then this movie is probably their favorite film of the year. Cool. Um, yeah, the acting performances are just awesome, and I just wish it had a little peppier of a of a storyline. Okay, that's a that's fair. Yeah, that's fair. Um, I actually didn't. 
think that was going to make it onto your list at all, any of them. Yeah, I mean, yeah, like I said, when I when I first saw it, like I was like, oh, this movie's this movie's really good, especially the first thirty minutes. First thirty minutes, I was into it, mm-hmm. and then as I I kind of waned as it went on, but mm-hmm. their acting never did. Gotcha. So so that holds that holds yeah. the place. Um, Blade Runner twenty forty nine honorable mention. Okay, uh, I very much dislike the first Blade Runner film. So my the fact that I actually liked twenty forty nine a lot yep. says something about the quality of the film because I really did go in going, oh god, I hate Blade Runner so much. <laughs> um, but this movie did what I've always wanted Blade Runner to do. It drew me into an extremely what to now seems to me an extremely interesting world. Um, and one that I want to spend more time in. It's a visually, very visually interesting film. It's not just, it's, it's, you know, in, in the Blade Runner style, it's, it's noir, um, which is not always my f- favorite, but I think, uh, Dianville Venu was able to kind of, branch out and do try different things with colors and all on um, all these kind of different different um but cohesive style that maybe wasn't possible in the original even in the original blade blade runner mm-hmm. and i think the story itself can be slightly muddling which is how it ended up in an honorable mention yeah um but as a visual experience it was almost unsurpassed this entire year i haven't seen this movie yet and you're right i like we both hate the first blade runner mm -hmm. and every time i sit down be like i want to give this movie a chance i want to give the second movie a chance every time i sit down i just see that close to three hour runtime and i'm like that's how long the first one felt that's true. This one doesn't feel its length the same way. Yeah. I think it people people say it's kind of plotting, but that's that's a that's a noir style to kind of plot along. Right. Um but there's ways of making it. But I I think the characters and the intrigue is is kind of good enough. Yeah. Like you want to see you're interested to see what happens next or what next visually interesting place are we going to? Okay. Um and yeah, so that's yeah, twenty forty nine. All right, my second honorable mention. Um, it's a movie that I really enjoyed, even though you didn't think I was going to like it. Um, three billboards outside Ebbing, Missouri. Did I think that you weren't going to like this movie? Yes, because you you've said that it's not my typical type of movie, which is kind of true. Oh, it's a movie about people and not about a MacGuffin. That's. Um, I just felt I think you meant like the tone of the movie. At least that's what I thought you meant. Oh no, I think I meant um, because more. it is kind of quirky at times. I think I usually what I mean like you tend not to like character studies, right? You like movies that have like this is the thing and we got to get this thing or we got to stop this thing, right? Or whatever. And, and it's funny you say that because the only reason it's not in my top ten, mm-hmm. and now the like again the acting in this I love I love. Every single actor in this movie, even if I don't like them outside of this movie, like I'm never, I've never been a huge fan of Frances McDormand. Sure, um, but I get it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and in this movie, she's great. Mm. Sam Rockwell's great. Woody Harrelson is is really good. Mm-hmm. Um, 
But the thing that kind of misses the top ten for me is Sam Rockwell's character arc. That's interesting. Um, I, I disagree because I his character arc to me was one of the best parts of the film. Right, and I, I, I see that argument, and I understand that argument. For me, I just, I just by the time he starts to try to go down the road of redemption, mm-hmm. he's done for me. He's gone too far for right. your personal taste right. to believe, not to believe that he could redeem himself, but you've already written him off as a person. Right. Um, yeah. But that being said, like, Sam Rockwell acts the living hell out of this movie. As he does in everything, because Sam Rockwell is one of the most underrated actors in Hollywood. He really is. This movie's this movie's dark. It is funny. Mm-hmm. Um, I would argue it's more of a comedy than Get Out at the Golden Globes. Um. <laughs> Yep, but this movie took me by surprise, and I forgot why I even wanted to see it. Event anyway, like I think I saw a very brief trailer, and I was like, "That could be interesting," um, because there was really nothing else that week, and that was the one we decided. You're like, "I'm surprised mm-hmm. you want to go see this." I'm like, "Yeah." Actually, it was it was that or Lady Bird, actually, and I. I didn't care which one we saw. That's right, and I was like, and I and I was like, I don't really want to see Lady Bird. I don't know why. That was I it, and so it. and so right. we saw three bill and we saw three yeah, billboards. That's right, and that's how I never saw Lady Bird. You're welcome. But, but sitting here, I would if that was in a different world, I never would have seen three billboards, which I'm really glad that we did. Right, yeah, you know, that is it is a very good movie, and it it just kind of misses my top ten. Like all of my honorable mention isn't like eleven, twelve, thirteen, fourteen, because I believe. The one or two flaws that I found in the movie mm-hmm. knock them down a bit more, but they're definitely go see these movies. Okay, um, can I can I suggest something? You can try. We're moving through these honorable mentions really slowly, and considering that there's honorable mentions, maybe we should just say them. Okay, go ahead. Okay, and then so give like a little brief thing. Um, so do you want me to do my my three and say, or do you want me to do my do one and just give one reason why? Uh, split. Because it was a well-crafted story with magnificent acting by James McAvoy, and it was a return to form for M. Night Shyamalan, who actually is a good director when when he like really truly believes in his material or okay. something. Yeah. Um. So yeah, split. Um. Life, which mm. is a movie that came out at the beginning of the year, I really enjoyed it. Um. It's essentially Alien. Um. Alien on a spaceship gets loose. Mm-hmm. But I believe it does. It has enough original originality to it to mm-hmm. to kind of set itself apart. And there's a scene that I really liked, which is a VF of an effect shot of a person drowning in space, mm-hmm. which is a shot that you don't really see every day. And I thought it was just done very well. Yeah, that's a good movie. Yeah. I like it. Yeah, uh, Thor Ragnarok, um, because I I thought. The first two Thor films are fine. Um, they're, you know, they go for different things. The first one is kind of a Shakespearean tale. The second one is a movie, and the and Ragnarok tries to do something tries to do something different with a character that arguably doesn't fit in the kind of world that it created. But I thought worked. I thought worked very well. Um, there are actually. Almost didn't put it on the list, mostly because it's a like it's a big blockbuster genre film, blah blah blah. Um, but it there are things about it that kind of lingered with me 
and that so sometimes to me is a sign of a good film where I, I keep thinking about it even when I don't mean to think about it. Um, and so that is that's good enough for me. Go ahead. Yeah, that sensation that lingered was vomit. No, I do not believe so. <laughs> Continue. Um, this one I'm just going to name and we can move on because I am almost 100% certain it's on your top 10. Mm. So we can talk about it then. Shape of Water. Okay. Um, is it on your top 10? Yeah, spoiler. Yeah, so we'll we'll talk about that a little bit more when we get to it. Okay. Um, uh, and my last, my last honorable mention, Professor Marston and the Wonder Woman. Ooh. Which I... Honestly, almost put Wonder Woman in this spot. Mm-hmm. Um, I had a really, I had a really coin toss moment here. Sophie's choice. It was a, so it was a real Sophie's choice. Um, and I ultimately decided not to do Wonder Woman because, as good as it was, mm-hmm. it's a movie that it it's a it's a one two three act one two three A to B kind of film. Mm-hmm. You know, this is um, it it's. Almost typical superhero fare. Um, you know, you could watch the first Captain America film and get pretty close. You could watch Superman with Chris Reeve and get pretty close. You know what I mean? Like, and so, and there are. If I had to pick like a favorite scene out of out of out of this year, No Man, Wonder Woman, No Man's Land probably is number one. Right. Like I cried the first time I saw that. Yeah. And every time I've watched it since, the sensation doesn't go away. And what that movie has done for, um, what that movie has done for, you know, the country and everything. But Professor Marston and the Wonder Woman. Thank you. I was waiting for, I was waiting for you to get back to this. Yeah. But Professor Marston and the Wonder Woman, um, did something that you don't see happen a lot with comic books. Mm -hmm. And that's, tell a story behind the scenes yeah. you know you see stories about like arthur's writing things or whatever else but but dr marston was the inventor of the lie detector he was the inventor of what like this guy's actually important to a few different fields and it was interesting to see his weird quirky life yeah. and i thought it was really well acted um and i think that everybody involved presents a presents a good case Almost for this this odd screwball family. Right. Um, who who played Doctor Marston? Um, now that you've said that, yeah, you're um, welcome. Uh, it's don't talk, and it'll okay. come to me sometimes. In the course uh, of the show. My last uh, honorable mention: Darkest Hour. Oh, good. Okay. Um, I my my biggest fear going into this movie was that it was just going to be uh, Gary Oldman. Doing mm-hmm. Churchill, and I said that see, watching the previews. <coughs> excuse me, that um, it like I heard Gary Oldman, but watching this movie, you hear him here and there, but you do not see him. Mm. He is definitely Winston Churchill. He looks like Winston Churchill. Looks nothing like Gary Oldman. Um, and for for a movie that takes place in a time period that I really like watching movies about. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is really good. I very much wanted to see this film and just haven't gotten to it yet. Yeah. Because I love Winston Churchill. I will watch anything that remotely involves Winston Churchill. If you look to that bookshelf right there, top book, you can that see little gray Winston one, Churchill. you can see um, there's a book of wit and wisdom of Winston Churchill right there. Uh, um, yes. I... Right next to your 27 different editions of Lord of the Rings. 
Uh, that's one. The other additions are in the other room. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, so that's honorable mentions. Top ten. I started honorable mentions. You want to start top ten? Um. Actually, do you want to do guilty pleasure and worst film before yes. we do top ten? Yes. Yeah. Uh, let's do worst film. <laughs> What do you think my least favorite film of last the year was? The Lost City of Z. Close. I know that's probably yours. Yes. Mine is Spider-Man Homecoming. I knew you were going to put Spider-Man Homecoming. Um, I knew it. And to be fair, I didn't do it just because I didn't want Lost City of Z to be both of ours. Sure. I I do just absolutely detest Spider-Man Homecoming. Um, I don't think we've talked about this before. Mar- Palmer doesn't particularly like Marvel films. Um, so that... That plays a bit of a factor into why you don't like it. Palmer also doesn't necessarily care for John Hughes' teenager films. That's not true. I just dislike Breakfast Club. Okay. So, but but Spider-Man Homecoming is a John Hughes-y Spider-Man film. You've never liked Tom Holland. Um, Excuse me, Mister. I'm Mr. Tom Holland. I'm, I'm the Spider-Man. He looks five. He's in high school. I don't. I don't like Tom Holland. I don't like sexy Aunt May. Mm-hmm. I don't like the vulture being um, Liz Allen. I spoilers. <laughs> All right, look, this movie's out long enough. Okay. You, also, no I've told you before, she's not Liz Allen. I've told you that before. You just choose not to listen to me when you know, I say things is, to you. It, the funny thing is, you tell me that. However, I've heard people can. I've seen and watched people connected to the movie physically call her Liz Allen. She's not Liz Allen. So, no, I'm believing the people attached to the movie. She's not Liz Allen. Okay. Also, no, Michelle is named Mary Jane. I'm sorry. Um, she's not Mary Jane. She's Michelle. It's it's an allusion to uh-huh. Mary Jane. Why did you hate Lost City, Izzy? Because I loved the book, honestly. You actually read the book? Yeah, years ago. Oh. book's great. It's a it's a nonfiction. It's David Grant following the footsteps of Henry Fawcett. Henry Fawcett, Percy Fawcett, Percy, Percy Fawcett, yeah. yeah, Percy Fawcett, um, trying to find the lost city of Z. So he's retracing the steps. So you're you're getting the biography of Fawcett as you're also getting the modern day equivalent. Book's really well written. It's really interesting. Um, and then the film takes. All of that and puts Charlie Hunnam on screen. <laughs> it takes all the good stuff and apparently put it on the cutting room floor. Yeah, it takes all the good It really took all the good stuff. Um, I thought the film, I don't think the style of film they were trying to make was suited for the, the material or the story. Mm. And I don't think Charlie Hunnam was suited for that part or, or any, any part. part. Right. <laughs> yeah. Um, so my my out of all the problems with Lost City of Z that you mentioned, the one thing you didn't mention that I I absolutely hated was everyone talked like this the entire time, right? It was either a whisper or yelling. Yeah, I agree. And something it's just it was a frustrating viewing yeah. experience. Um, and I just I, I I just didn't care for it. I was very disappointed in that film. I somehow fell asleep five times in that movie. Mm-hmm. And it was never over. When that was I woke up. yeah. It was. It's just. It just kept going. Yeah. Um. And I knew 
what was going to happen. I knew the story, so it wasn't a surprise. And that doesn't mean anything to me in a film. But, um, yeah, it was just... Yeah, yeah, I just was I was very disappointed in that film. I didn't the book is not like an adventure story. It's not like King Kong or anything right. like that. It's just interesting. Yeah. They basically took all the danger out of their adventure and it was all about whispering. Yeah. And it just ooh, frustrated the heck out of me. All right. My guilty pleasure movie. Yep. The Babysitter. I believe Bella Thorne is the star of this. It is on Netflix. It is about a Kid ish, um, he's about he's just on the cusp of puberty mm-hmm. if he hasn't hit already, and his parents frequently go out of town to get it on. Okay, um, and they leave him with a babysitter, even Ooh. though at this point he's too old for a babysitter. Mm-hmm. It's been his babysitter. He loves this babysitter. Turns out the babysitter um, is part of a cult. Okay, it's um, a horror movie. It's a comedy horror movie. Okay. This movie, very, and the reason I love this movie is it very much knows what it is and how silly it is. It's in on the joke and executes it so well. Oh. Um, and I, I typically like, because I feel like it's difficult to do that correctly. Sure. And this movie does it so, so, so well. Um, even if you don't like horror, check it out. Um, if you do like horror... I'm hoping you'll still like this because it's it's very pokes pokes fun at horror. Okay, um, but it's very good. Check it out, Babysitter. Okay, uh, my guilty pleasure is The Mummy because it was kind of fun. It was not great cinema. Mm-hmm. It wasn't great storytelling. It wasn't even great action. It was kind of just a movie. It was a movie. It was a movie. Yeah. But it was a movie I oddly enjoyed. Yeah. Tom Cruise was his regular charming self, and everybody everybody kind of brought their game. Russell Crowe looked like he was having a blast <laughs> um uh and it was like it was fine and i'd I would absolutely watch it again if I wanted to veg for yeah. less than two hours. It was funny this was my this was the first movie that I put down because i I wrote every single movie on index cards mm-hmm. and then I put down a movie and I was like. This pile to the left is all ones that I dislike. This pile to the right is all ones that I like. Mummy, for some reason, was the first movie on my stack that was the bellwether. And it broke about 50-50. So this was, like, firmly in the middle for me. But, yeah, I'm I'm interested to see where it goes now. Uh, nowhere. I think it's going to go a hard nowhere. Honestly. Well, they're, they're still moving forward. No, they're not. They're, everything's on hold. They released a statement weeks and weeks ago. Yeah. Yeah, they're not going anywhere. Lame. Yep. Yeah, right. because I was like actually invested. I was like, I kind of want to see another one of this dark universe. I mean, make a good movie before you make a universe universal. Uh, but <laughs> yeah, but you know, yeah, it was fine. It was fun. It's definitely a guilty pleasure because right. nobody thought this movie was good. Yeah, yeah, except us. Except us. Yeah. Um. All right. So number ten. Number ten. Go ahead. Brawl in Cell Block 99. Okay. A movie you did not see. No. I don't believe. Starring Vince Vaughn. Yep. Uh, it is about a it is about a tow truck um a tow truck driver that gets laid off. And so he basically has he has like these mobish connections. Um and long story short, he 
he ends up in prison. Um, and through a series of events, he has to, he has to kind of do something. I don't want to spoil it because it's really good, mm-hmm. but he has to do something in prison so some somebody doesn't get hurt. Okay. Um, and it's just and he's just a guy that can take a hit over and over and over again. So you kind of see him go through the prison system, just brawling. I guess it is a it's a character piece. It's not an action film. It is very gory. Not in, very gory makes it sound like Saw. It is is viscerally disturbing, okay. particularly when it gets to some of the fight scenes. There's one way he kills a guy that is going to haunt me forever. I will tell you off, Mike, so that way you watch the movie. I assume this is a drama. It it's is not a comedy. Definitely a drama. Okay. It's got its moments that are pretty like oh, that's okay. that's funny. Um, it's definitely a drama. Vince Vaughn is the best one he's ever been. Yeah, he people forget how good he is. Right, and and like he, uh, him and Paul Rudd for me. Yeah, like I've seen them in dramas at the beginning of their career. Mm-hmm. Psycho, um, Jurassic Park: The Lost World, Domestic <laughs> Disturbance. Yeah, is what I was thinking. Mm-hmm. He's really good in those, and then he kind of got down the rabbit hole with the comedy. Yep, which might be the movies that he wants to typically make, which is fine. It doesn't seem like he wants to make those films anymore, you know, because he did um, um, the true, not True Detective, yeah, True Detective, yeah, he did True Season, which wasn't yeah. wasn't great, but he was good. Yeah, and he's done. You know, he's like trying to um, break out of that image. Well, I'll have to check it out because I I'm, I would love to support his dramatic side because I find it better than the comedy he does. Not him, but the style. Yeah, I agree. Um, yeah. It's by the director of Bone Tomahawk. Did you see that? No. With Kurt Russell. Also a great film. Also viscerally disturbing. Um, but, um, um, but yeah, Cell yeah. Block, Cell, Brawl and Cell Block 99. Okay. Excellent film. Number 10. And this, I, I promise, I believe this is the only horror on my list. Uh, Happy Death Day. Um, oh, yeah, written, I did not see this. Yeah, written by um, Scott Lobdell, I think, of okay. comic books. Yep. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, this is essentially the second horror movie of the year that was essentially the Groundhog Day syndrome of they wake up, something mm-hmm. happens, they die, and then they, they come back to life restarting the day. Um, this was done, like I said, this is the second one this year that did it. Uh, the first one being Before I Sleep, which was based off a book. Okay. This one was not. This one I felt was more original because she's trying to figure out who the, who her killer is. Mm. And she keeps dying. Mm. Um, and even once you know who the killer is, you can go back and rewatch this movie. Like, that's not the centerpiece to me. Like, Scream, once you know who the killer is, it kind of loses something. Well, Scream's really a satire on, like, that style, that yeah. particular style of horror. And this one... This one, they kind of made the characters, some of the characters, bad at the beginning. Like she goes through an arc, like Sam Rockwell, essentially in Three Billboards. Sure, but she she always stays just off the line, mm. and enough for me to be like, I want to see her figure this out and get redeemed. Mm. Um, definitely go see. It. I mean, if you're a horror fan, definitely see it. If you're not, you can probably skip it. Okay. Although I think if you're at least open minded. You would like it. Okay. Very good. Uh, Number nine for me, Wind River. Oh, yes. Uh, Wind River is um, uh, a woman is uh, um, 
a native an American Indian is sexually assaulted and murdered uh, and or seems to be have left for dead on a mountain in Wyoming in the middle of winter. And it's about a game hunter and um, or, um, or actually he's more. It's actually more Wyoming like Fish and Wildlife. He's a tracker, Fish and and uh, an FBI agent, Jeremy Renner and Elizabeth Olson. Elizabeth Olson are um, on the case. This is by the writer of Hell or High Water, which was oh, yeah. nominated right. last year. Um, and this was his, I think, it was his directorial debut. Um, I thought this movie was almost pitch perfect from beginning to end. It it's well it, the story is good. It's well executed. Things are in their place. The symbolism, the themes, the tone, it's all consistent and well made and well like and everybody's on their game. Um it's I don't think it's probably not higher on the list just because it, it's it maybe lacks an oomph that maybe like how our high water had mm-hmm. that last kind of like knife twist or something like that. Um but I I loved this movie, and I've never heard anybody who has seen it, which is sadly not many. Um, anybody who's seen it has walked away going, "Wow, that was really good." I love yeah. that movie. Um, it's funny because we saw this because I delayed going to see Logan Lucky for a week. Yep, um, which was nearly on my worst <laughs> film of 2017. Um, yeah, our friend couldn't go, so we're, I was like, I I basically looked for anything to stop me from having to see Logan Lucky because I just knew I was going to dislike it. And I saw this movie at the cine- at the theater and I'm like, how about this? And I gave you the two actors and you're like, fine. And then you were like, when we were walking out, I was like, man, that was pretty good for a shot in the dark. You're like, wait, you didn't see a trailer? I'm like, no. <laughs> yeah, that was total shot in the dark. That um, was amazing. This this came in about 12 or 13 for me. Like, it, it's really good. Mm. You're right. Like, it, it's almost pitch perfect. I felt there were a couple points that I wish they would have kind of sped up a bit. Sure. Um, but overall, it it's a very good movie. And I'm actually kind of surprised it's been overlooked come come the award season. I think, I think like I said, it's kind of missing like that, I don't know, grander message that awards yeah, seasons tend, so. to, tend to look for. Um, or maybe even that like slight wink and nod, slight quirkiness, something yeah. something along those lines. Speaking of grander messages, my number nine, Marshall. Oh, really? Yes. This is just a very well-made, well-acted film. That's what it's, I've heard. It's got Josh Gad, who I really like the fact he's he's branched out as quickly as he has. Mm. He's been the funny guy. And now he's kind of branching into comedy. Yeah. Like yeah. he's well, not being pulled into it. You mean he's branching into drama. I'm sorry. Yeah, he's branching into drama. Yeah, because we saw him in uh, Ori- Murder on the Orient Express, yep. which was a little a yeah, dramatic like, turn I, for him. I, I, and you know what? I really like seeing him. He is, um, I wouldn't say Jack Black light. No, but I know what you mean. But, but I, I can't remember who he reminds me of, but he reminds me of somebody, and he's just a lighter version that... Is the version that I want. Sure. Um, but, you know, this is about Thurgood Marshall, uh, future Supreme Court justice. Before he's that, mm-hmm. um, he's he's taking cases for the NAACP uh, in places where African-American people are being jailed for false arrests. Mm-hmm. Um, he goes and he represents them for free. Um, and one thing I really liked is when I heard about them making this film... The person who either wrote it or directed it talked about 
they chose a case in Connecticut instead of the obvious, um, I think, Brown versus the Board of Education mm-hmm. that he did. They were like, anyone can make that movie. We want to make this other movie about a case you never heard of. That's good. That's um, good. Which was good because then you don't know the like you could you don't look know up the, the outcome. Sure, but if you don't know right. it, then it's more it's more um, interesting. But you know, he shows up. He asks like he he has a conversation with the guy. He's like, "Look, anything you tell me is privileged information, but I we don't represent guilty people. Hmm. Did you do it?" And he says no, and he, he has to make the choice: does he believe him or not? Um, spoiler: he does. Hmm. Um, but could have seen that coming. <laughs> But it also has Dan Stevens. How's my man Dan Stevens? It does. Um, and uh, the judge. The man who invented Christmas, Dan yeah. Stevens film I didn't, well, wasn't able to get to. <laughs> I thought you were Much just, to my like chagrin. The man who invented Christmas, Dan, Dan Stevens. Stevens. <laughs> um, and even the judge whose name is blanking right now, um, who's very well known. It's a really good courtroom drama. Do you want me to look it up for you? No, I'm going to do it in between your during Luke, your number. Luke eight. Evans played Professor Marson, by the way. Who did you say it was? Oh, did you look? That I, I look. Okay, yeah. yeah. Um, no, this is very good. It it's not as dramatic as it could be, sure. Um, but it's very well acted, and a movie that I was kind of eh on going into it. So the <laughs> fact that it that it kind of overreached for me was good. That's good. Um, number eight. On my list is Baby Driver, uh, the Edgar Wright film that is maybe not. I don't think. I don't think it's his best film, uh, but I do think it is. It is well executed from top to bottom, mostly, mostly due to a some of the driving stunts are pretty pretty extraordinary, um, but there's a. But the editing on the film, in conjunction with the with the soundtrack, where every every scene, every beat, every movement is choreographed to the songs that were pre-selected before the film filming began. It wasn't like one of those oh we'll add that song in later kind of thing. Like this, the intention is to make a moving song mm-hmm. um, in the shape of a film, and it's like with that watching that. It is really well executed. Um, I like I like kinetic filmmaking, particularly like you know movement, particularly mm-hmm. when the camera is not shaky and I don't want to vomit. Oh yeah. Um, and so, and Baby Driver does does that because can like cinematography obviously is all encompassing when it comes to when it comes to mm-hmm. filmmaking but it's not just like put so it's not just putting the camera down and and it's not even just about angles it's about what is the, what is the movement of the camera and what does that do as as a viewer in the film that's why i think i also like wes anderson movies so much because he, every movement is deliberate um and like edgar wright it's the same right <clears throat> i know i saw this late in the year um, much after you did, and I texted you after watching it that this was 2017's worst musical. Yeah, you were. Yeah, um, but also, yeah. wait, you don't like Egyptian reggae? It's a great <laughs> song. Um, and I also joked that like the actors were moving too much. Like, I am a fat man. I don't like wasted movement. <laughs> <laughs> hey, you're not fat, and 
me. Um, um, yeah, you're like, oh, I mean, you're burning my said, calories for me. Yeah, that being said, the stunt choreography mm-hmm. is the uh, to me is the best part of this movie. It's it, really good. It is really good. But and here's the reason why I didn't like it as much as I could have. I felt he gets in his own way because during Edgar some Wright of the, does Edgar Wright because some during most of those or during a few of those really good chase scenes he directs it up and is like I want to go shot of the car moving away now a really close up shot of him driving now go back to the good stuff and then put like these 18 different lights in the dashboard and we show that like it was just over over edited hmm and i felt like give me cleaner action sequences and that movie is easily one that I dislike to one that I'm like, all right, it's 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 good. That's interesting. That's that's interesting. I definitely didn't feel that way, but car chases don't really don't hold any kind of particular interest to me. Mm-hmm. They're not like people are like, oh, you got to watch the French Connection because the car chase sequence is amazing. Like, nah, I don't really care. I think if it's done well. It is. Yeah, like, and I, not... to me, this is done yeah. well. It made me invested in a car chase, mm-hmm. just like Dunkirk made me invested in a war film kind of thing. Like, right. normally that's not my that's not my take, but I think I really liked the story. Uh, I really liked the story of Baby Driver. Okay. Um, you yeah, know, I, I, didn't just... li- I didn't really like any of the characters. I felt the characters were too generic for a movie that tried not to be. Um, I don't disagree that the characters were like this is the thing that I'm doing yeah. kind of thing like it's not like um like sell I'll say I'll say like selling a brawl in cell block 99 where Vince Vaughn isn't doing a thing, you know. Right. He's a character. I think a lot like the people in Edgar Wright films are doing a thing. Yeah. You know that but that's the kind of film that it is so you accept that. Yeah. Number 7 for me is one that we've already talked about. It is Split. Oh, it made your top ten. It did. Um, I thought so because when I said it, I th- you gave me like a, a look. Yeah. So, but um, I didn't want to call you I out. Mean, I mean, for the same reasons that you said, like I'm not a huge, I'm not a huge um, M Night Shyamalan fan. I think Signs was his best movie, and even that, I think, is just okay. Mm, that's interesting. Um, I I didn't like Sixth Sense or any of it. Even Unbreakable, I think, is highly, highly overrated. I don't think it's overrated for the time that it came out because it's at the cusp of like mediocre okay. like we're flooding the market with comic book films that are all the same. I will I will give you that cuz I didn't see it till much later. Then then I would give then I knowing that I would yeah. give you that it's just okay. It's a product of its time commenting on the products of its time. Yeah. So um but I mean this is a this is a movie whose concept can go very off the rails, very quickly. Mm-hmm, definitely, especially with a director like I'm Night Shyamalan. But James McAvoy's performance is just so good that he keeps it on track. And Anna Tyler Joy's performance is great. Like this is the second movie I saw her in, and I've loved both movies: The Witch and the, this, The Vitch, The Vitch, The Vitch. Yeah, The Vitch. Um, <laughs> but. Uh, and this, mm-hmm. and she's got a. She's in a couple other movies coming out that I really want to see now. I will see anything with her in it and give it a chance, just like I will with the um, production company A A twenty four. They only make good movies. Yep. <laughs> yeah, I well, feel that way. With it um, comes at night was not 
it was not good, but it wasn't bad. So I, it was fine. I watched oh, it. It was one. Okay. Yeah, it was one of the last film. The it was one of the last films that I watched. It was one of those films that I was like, I have to see this movie before the end of the year because people have talked about yeah, it. Yeah, there's just no payoff. Like mm. it feels like the movie that they tried to sell you is. Just not the movie that they made. Yeah, see, I don't remember the trailers that much, so I kind of just watched the movie as I watched the movie, and I was like, yeah, it's good. It's fine. Yeah. It's All fine. Right, number six. Number six. Uh, no, number seven. It's number seven. No, it's number six. Yeah. Brawl and Cell Block 99, Wind River, Baby Driver. That's it. Right. So Ten, now nine, we're on number eight. six. So now we're on number seven. Uh, okay. 10, 9, 8, 7. <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> this is how numbers work. Look, I'm um, just counting how many. <laughs> my number seven is Hidden Figures. Oh, nice. A uh, magnificent film mm-hmm. that I loved from start to finish, and I told everyone to see as soon as I was done watching it. Yes, and I know. I kept getting the text messages. I know. I told you. We have to go again. <laughs> yeah. um, I couldn't get enough of this movie. I've some like... Um, some people I've told they were like I watch I've watched it six or seven times since really? it came out. People I haven't. I know people that that have. People have gone out and that and like gone out and bought the book. It's well acted. It's well executed. Um, it's definitely the Hollywood version of the of the real life story. But that doesn't. But that's okay. That's why we have Hollywood. Right. To make Hollywood versions of the stories, that's what we pay for. Yeah, um, and if I, if it made me feel good. Fire, it made me cheer. It made me upset. Made, like it was. Yeah, it was awesome. I loved it. Yeah, um, she won. I think for so. The act, for I the acting think award. So yeah, yeah, that's pretty good. Uh, my number seven is a little known movie called "Only Living Boy in New York." I'm sorry, what? The only living boy in New York. Tell me more. Tell me more. Tell me no, more. No, shut up. I hate Grease. This has Pierce Brosnan. Okay. Um, Good start. Not Jessica Biel, the other one. Chastain. No, not not the other Alba. Jessica. I mean, the, the person who's like Jessica Biel, but not. I got, I got British. Nothing. Kate Beckinsale is who I was thinking of. Okay, I do not. That is not <laughs> on the same level. Look, in my mind, they're the same person. Um, it has the woman who's going to be Iris in The Flash. Um, arguably, I think they're recasting her. Shut FYI. up. No, because she was great in this movie, and now I want that. Um, so it is about a boy who um, is kind of going through life, doesn't typically know what he wants to do. His father, rich publicist, um, kind of always gets on him for not knowing what he wants to do. He wants to be a writer, but his father has kind of told him, look, you're just okay. Okay. His father's Pierce Brosnan? Yes. Okay. Um, he meets this old man, played by Jeff Bridges, who... I like Jeff Bridges, but most of the time I just feel like he's playing some sort of the version of the dude. Sure. And this, to me, felt very different. Okay. Um, he plays a writer who gets interested in this boy's life. Mm. And ends up wanting to write a story about him without really telling him. Mm. Um, so he's uh, like I his, see where this so climax he's like his psychiatrist. Yeah, and um, not going to spoil the climax for you, but essentially the boy finds out his father, Pierce Brosnan, is having an affair with Kate Beckinsale. Mm. 
So his natural answer to this is also to have an affair with Kate Beckinsale. I'm very interested in this This movie. This movie is just so good. For a movie that I saw on Amazon, that I was like... Is it an Amazon Studios movie? Yeah, it is an Amazon Studios movie. Okay. Um, And I'm like, I'm not too high on Kate Beckinsale. I like Pierce Brosnan. Let's give this movie a shot. Very well acted. Very well done. Oh. I'm going to check this movie out. I have not even heard of it. Yeah. Nobody has. Okay. Uh, Number six on my list, Mm -hmm. It. Yeah, what is it? Uh, it's the film Stephen King's It. Ah, okay. Yeah, I, I, <laughs> I, I almost started with Stephen King's It just to avoid the joke. But, um, or I pause, comes at night. <laughs> but, uh, no, the film It, about Pennywise the Clown, was, I was really looking forward to this film. Yeah. And it delivered even more than, like, what I had hoped for because Everyone is so delectably charming in this film, including Pennywise. The kids are the kids are awesome. And in true Stephen King fashion, the film is about more than just the monster. Right. It's it's, you know, the clown is the clown feeds on their fears. The kids are are learning to overcome the real problems and fears in their lives to to defeat the fear. That kind that kind of writing Mm -hmm. is the thing that I go best films of the thing or whatever, (laughs) you know, like that, you know, like I almost I didn't mention even an honorable mentions because I I thought there were other films that mentioned, but like. Netflix did Ger- uh, Gerald's Game this year, mm-hmm. which was really good. And I, I, I keep wanting to see that. It was re- it was really really well done, and it's a, one of those like she's about this thing, but it's really about this thing that she's overcoming the thing. Right. And I love that kind of storytelling, and so it worked on all cylinders for me. Yeah, I don't think it was as scary as it could have been. That being, okay. and I'm a big scary pants, so. Yeah. Um, but maybe that's also because I know they they sur- they have to survive to be adults. Um, yeah, so they're never really in danger, right? Like I went into this movie not knowing that. Okay, like I've never seen the original. Um, I felt his portrayal of Pennywise wasn't er uh, scary, but it was very unsettlingly creepy. Yeah, that's what I like, and it's a fine line. But that that to me is still scary. Mm-hmm. Um. And yes. as far as like the whole like it's 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 looks like it's about this thing, but it's really about this thing. We've had this conversation, and my my first and foremost, like if I have to deep dive into a movie to like it, it's not a good movie to me. Oh like, yeah, your first sure. thing is should be to entertain, and if while I'm entertained, my brain makes those connections, then I think you did your job really well. If I have to be told that it's really about this other thing. And that's why you should like it. Mm-hmm. You failed. This Sh- does well. Uh, sure. Okay. That that's true. I thought you were saying that. I thought you were saying that you had to be told what this movie was no, no, about. No, 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 no. Yeah, I was good. My brain automatically fires on that. Pretty much, no matter what I'm watching. Like I'm always looking for. It's about like this film was about right. this thing instead of this thing. That's that's how my brain functions. I do that with. Literally everything I I do it with yeah. everything I read, everything I see in the every movie I see, every television show I watch, or every episode I watch. I'm always it's always firing to what is this really about? Yeah. Um, and that's not how everybody works, but that's a lot of times how the that's how the academy works. Um, not all the time, but sometimes. Yeah. Um, so this is number six. That was number six. Yeah. Okay. Number six, and you will not 
spoil this for me. Number six. It's going to be Justice League, isn't it? Is Beauty and the Beast. And Emma Watson is a treasure in this movie. And her singing voice is great. I can't believe Beauty and the Beast is on your list. I love it. I saw this movie like two or three times in the theater. I can't believe Beauty and the Beast is on your list. I know you liked it, but I didn't think oh, it was no. going to be number six. I mean, to be fair, I also love the original. And for once, Disney gave me a real-life version of their animated movie. Sure. Like, they didn't deviate at all. Perfect. This is back when you were doing animation perfectly, and now you transfer it to a live-action version, to me, perfectly. Like, Emma Watson is so great in this. I love her as Belle. I love Dan Stevens as the Beast. Josh Gad as LeFou. Josh Gad's in two movies on your list. Yes, he might even be in a third one. Who's to say? He probably isn't. But, okay. <laughs> um, but like, I just like I love almost everything about this movie, and I really wish, I really wish it didn't come out when it did. I think if it comes out later, it might actually, at least the songs, like the original songs, Evermore, which I really love. Evermore now. was a great song. Um, but nobody's talking about it come Oscar season. Mm-hmm. Um, instead, it's that song from Coco. Yeah. Um, but yeah, a film I didn't get to. I hear it's no, great. It's about achieving your dreams. Uh, Number the box six, office says differently. Beauty and the Beast. Emma Watson singing voices in national. I will treasure. not spoil this for you. I think the movie was very good. She is definitely in it. Dan Stevens was magnificent, as was Luke Evans as Gaston, who played <laughs> Professor Marsden. Yep. Yep. Okay. Number five. Colossal. Ooh, okay. Colossal about the woman who is struggling, what a woman who's struggling with alcohol uh, and finds out she can, she is the avatar to a kaiju that is destroying South Korea. South Korea? Yeah. I think it's South Korea. Yeah, because it wouldn't be North Korea. We already went through that with the interview. That's correct. Um, uh, And it's... Uh, and what she kind of does with this power and whatever else. And if you haven't seen this film with Anne Hathaway and Jason Sudeikis, I, they've never, they've rarely been on as top form as they were in this film, Very particularly true. Jason Sudeikis. Who yeah, was, who I'm not typically a fan of. No, I know you're not. And I've always liked him. Yeah. But I think he is extraordinarily good in this film. And it's also a film that I think people were talking about when it came out. And then... People stopped talking about it. People forgot that it was there. And it, came it is out too it, early and it was not too small. very well wide. It's yeah. too and it's too bad because it is um an amazing, an amazing uh piece. Again, a movie that's about this, but it's really about this. Right. It's one of those and yeah. it is it is really and another good. one that I that I went to see on a whim. Like somebody told me the concept. Not even, like, if the movie was good or not. They were like, I went to see this movie about this. And I'm like, wait, that's a thing? Mm-hmm. I remember. We we went to um, we went to the cable car to yeah. see that because yep. it was really showing nowhere. Yeah. 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 What a good time that was. That was. All right. So number five also has a woman struggling with alcoholism, I assume, somewhere in the world. It is Wonder Woman. <laughs> <laughs> when he said a woman, I was like, it's Wonder Woman. Um, but... <laughs> I didn't know else where you were going with that. Um, I I just love this movie, and you're right. Y- you know, it it is what it is, but it does it perfectly. 
I think it does it perfectly up until up until the third act in which it does it pretty well. Yeah. Um I love me some Aries mustache. I didn't mind that. People are up on that. Doesn't bother me. <laughs> not even in not even remotely. Doesn't bother me. Um I think it just I fa- I called the twist. Yeah, you did. Way at the beginning. Yeah. And I think it 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 was one of those moments like we're going to be clever and it didn't it wasn't as clever as it thought yeah. it was. I, but I think the 90% of the movie is excellent. Yeah. Um I've heard people say that it has like generic villain syndrome. I don't think so. Yeah, neither do I. Like I really like Dr. Poison. And yeah, in the Nazi. Um, no, they're not Nazis. It's World War One. Oh, I'm sorry. The Germans. They're the German. Germans. The soon to be Nazis. Yes. Um, but I mean, aside from that, Gal Gadot is absolutely perfect as Wonder Woman. Um, it you know, just, it's it's Gal Gadot. That's how you actually say her name. Gal Gadot. It's okay. <laughs> um, okay it's, I've we've only ever heard her pronounce her name before. It's fine. Um, is just perfect as Wonder Woman. This this movie is so expertly directed mm-hmm. um, that like it it had to be on my list, even though it might not be the best superhero movie of the year, because I still have five more movies to go what? through. What? Um, oh my god! But this movie <laughs> this movie is awesome, and the impact that it's had makes my heart good. As a person who also sells comic books, sure. Seeing like typically you don't get that correlation between people loving the movie and then coming in and seeing, you know, looking for the comics. Mm-hmm. Whereas I've seen people come in with with little girls who now read like the the age appropriate Wonder Woman stuff, mm-hmm. in, um, and it just makes my heart so happy to see that that it's just such a strong role model. Um, but yeah, number five, Wonder Woman. That's awesome. Um, number four, keeping within somewhat of the same realm, Logan. Oh, uh, Logan for number four. Okay. Um, the cap on the career of 17 years worth of playing the character from Hugh Jackman, 17 years worth of playing Professor X for Patrick Stewart. It is a near perfect film from start to finish. It is a... Perfect encapsulation of those characters of loneliness and death and dying and fathers and sons. And it's one of the, it's a movie that's about it's a you know, it's a movie that's about other things. And on top of that, it takes what could be a tired character and a tired genre and does something wholly new and interest interesting with it to revitalize what is the comic the comic book indu- or the comic book film industry because if you keep pumping out things that are just whatever mm-hmm. people stop going and i think and logan is something that again most people walk away from going wow that was a really good film that wasn't wow what a great comic book movie that's wow what a great film yeah and that's you know it and uh, and that is a big deal. Um, yeah, I kind of see what you're saying. Um, I, I, I like this movie. This movie wasn't as low on my list as I initially thought it was going to be. Um, but 
I feel like it's two completely different movies inside one. There's a very good drama, and then once they kind of hit the road, it just becomes like a road movie for me. And it, Which you don't like, I would take. Not necessarily that I don't like. I just felt like the movie that it was starting out as was a better movie. And it kind of morphed into another movie. Okay. Okay. Um, but, I mean, I thought this was his best portrayal of Logan. Okay. Um, a character that I don't typically like. Mm-hmm. And I've always loved Patrick Stewart as a Professor X, so that that was good. I just feel like he wasn't given enough. Oh, I totally i mean he was magnificent in everything that I mean, he, he was said. great but i just don't feel like he has enough like i wish they would have explored what happened a little bit more sure i can understand i can understand that and i think maybe that those frustrations come from a comic book fan it's yeah. not necessarily a film thing it's you know you always just kind of want to know more as a yeah. fan um which is fine yeah. that's fine so you're number 4 number 4 is colossal oh yes wonderful Yes. No, yeah. this is just a great movie. Um, after we saw it, I um, like I would have went back and watched it again. I think you, right I remember away. you saying that. I think there was like a midnight showing that you were like, "Yeah, but I was like, see it again." But I was like, "Nope, driving you home. <laughs> Get in my car." <laughs> no, um, there were, and I, and the reason I really wanted to see it again was because there was so much that you kind of pick up on throughout the movie. Yep, that you then want to just go back. Not necessarily to see if you pick up on more things, but then just to be able to watch the movie through without getting distracted. Mm-hmm. Um, Sadekis was creepingly brilliant, creepily brilliant yep. in this. Um, Anne Hathaway, who I always love, is her is her normal you know normal really good, good self. self. Yep. Um, I don't know. It's just a really good movie. Yeah, definitely, definitely see it. De- definitely. All right, number three, ironically, three billboards in Ebbing, Missouri. Three what? Billboards. Okay. I said billboards. You did? Yeah. <laughs> like, I meant three dilberts? I meant, I meant three billboards. Number three, three billboards in Ebbing, Missouri. Did you do this on purpose? No. I didn't actually realize that connection until right now, <laughs> which is why I said billboards instead of billboards, because I can't make connections and talk at the same time, apparently. Also, because I bit my cheek while we were... Eating dinner and uh. it hurts now. <laughs> Aww. Aww. Um, sigh from the audience. Um, <laughs> and scene. And scene. This film you talked about a bit already. Um, from from my standpoint, it was top notch. Yeah. I I didn't even see a trailer before going into this movie. I knew what it was about. I knew it sounded like. A heavy subject material for what was labeled as a comedy, <laughs> which then won best drama yeah. at the Golden Globes. <laughs> yep. like, um, and then, but I, I would argue it's definitely a it's definitely a drama that has amusing bits. But I think too much of the film, I think the the content of the film, like you know, between you know, like so much death and sexual assault and mm. pain and this, like that's that's not comedic material necessarily um but i i absolutely loved this film again it was one uh, the the character arcs were clear um and people what i think what was most interesting to me about this film from maybe an, just an acting standpoint is that people weren't doing a thing mm-hmm. you know they were 
characters. Yeah. Um, and that to me is, you know, sometimes when actors like do a thing to win awards, it's not as it, that that's not as impressive to me as forgetting I'm watching Woody Harrelson or Sam Rockwell or whatever, and I'm watching a character, and that's that's why I that's why I loved this movie so much. Everything worked so beautifully, except maybe the title of the film, which is a little much. Um, like too many words. Too many words. <clears throat> yeah. Um, but, I mean, you know what you're getting. It's about three billboards in Ebbing, Missouri. That's true. That's true. The film did not lie to me <laughs> in any way. Um, and I don't want to s- really spoil anything for anybody that hasn't seen it, but I right. would love to talk about this film. Um, I would love to talk about this film without the worry about spoiling it for anybody. Well, look, everybody. We didn't spoil it now. If we have to rewatch this because of the Oscars... It, I'm going to spoil the heck out of it. We're going to spoil movie. it. So you have until now, you have from now until Oscars to watch it. Mm-hmm. Go out and do it. Do it. Great film. What's your number three? Number three, which was my number one for a good portion of the year, Get Out. Okay. Love, yeah, love, This is love my house. Movie. You get out. Ha. So this is a... Horror-ish movie. I'd say it's a horror movie. Sure. Um, about a guy who is... a thriller. Is, yeah. Uh, about an African-American man who's brought home to meet his girlfriend's parents. Who are white. Who are white. Um, everyone's white. Mm-hmm. He's the only African-American except for his friend. Mm-hmm. Um, everyone's white, and he's kind of worried and because the, it's... And an, the help in the house. Yes, and the help. Um, he's kind of worried because th- they are a, a, they're rich essentially. Mm-hmm. They're affluent people in an affluent neighborhood. So he's worried because she hasn't told them he is black. Mm-hmm. So he feels like even like the most liberal people will be shocked initially mm-hmm. if this is just dropped on them. And he's worried about that more than anything. But as he gets there, they're very welcoming to him. To an excessive point, mm-hmm. um, and he, like something is quite off. He doesn't know what it is, but something is off with everybody. Um, and you find out what it is, and it's just a really well done movie from a guy who's known for comedy. It's Jordan Peele directed, yeah, movie, right. Um, this is the same directorial guy, debut, the same you. person who gave us the horrible Keanu a year earlier. Didn't direct that movie though. Did no, he? but I believe he also wrote this movie. Yes, he did. Um, so this movie's really good, and like I said, for the longest time, it was top on my list. And I think, I think anyone who didn't see this in the theaters was missing something. That would be me. There was definitely a scene, and I. It was funny. Um, before I went to go see this, I saw the guy from The West Wing, who plays the father, Radley Whitmore. Yeah, uh, yeah. Um, he was talking about, he's like, go see this movie in the theater because there's this one scene in which you get, like, you actually get a visceral reaction from the audience. And Bradley Whitford. Whitford. <clears throat> you actually get, like, a visceral audience reaction, and that doesn't happen at all mm-hmm. in movies. Like, you get, you get screams for horror movies, you get ha-has for comedies, but that's about it. Spoiler alert, 10 seconds. What's the thing? I can't. 
I just watched this movie. What are you oh, talking about? Um, oh, like what I was getting up to. Oh, yeah. uh, when his buddy, uh, when the cop car pulls up at the end. Oh, sure. Okay. So he's like, go see it in the theater. So I went to go see it in the theater. And I was already going to see it in the theater. It wasn't just because of him. Mm-hmm. And it got up to that scene. And as the cop car rolls up, mm-hmm. I heard everybody in the audience react. Me too. And I'm like, this movie, that moment is just great because it elicits the reaction. Mm. Like, it's not a laugh. It's not a, a shout of horror. It's, are you freaking kidding me? And it's just it's just done so very well. Um, this movie is just so good. I will say I tried to go back and rewatch it um, not too long ago. And knowing what happens does take some of the fun out of it. Mm. So that's when I essentially was like, all right, I got to drop this on my list a bit. I didn't watch it until a few weeks ago. I know. Um, I watched it by myself. And it was good. It, it, it had the disadvantage of. It had the disadvantage of being out for a year, and I think I've heard a minimum of once a month since it came out. Less so as it, as it's gone on. Wow, what a great movie Get Out is. Mm-hmm. Which so then when you go and watch it, it just like, you know, it doesn't doesn't deliver on yeah. the hype. That being said, I can recognize, while I watched it, I completely recognize why it's on people's top tens, one of the best films of the year, why it's nominated for things, blah, blah, blah. I totally get it. It's just the hype machine, and I was a little too late to the party. Yeah. And that's how, that's just, <clears throat> I can see that. that's just my fault. It's nobody's and nobody else's. Yep. Um, okay, so. Number two. Number two on my list, War for the Planet of the Apes. Okay. Did you see this film? Yeah, yeah, you weren't you were off doing having a life apparently the week we went to. Oh, uh, okay, cuz I went to this on my own. <laughs> yeah. And I had a very emotionally like emotionally driven connected experience with this film. I I really enjoyed Rise. Mm-hmm. I very much enjoyed Dawn of the Planet those two Planet of the Apes movies. Um but for whatever reason I connected very strongly with this film from a story point, from a filmmaking point, from its, from from its special effects to its cinematography to its score to its story to its acting. It just was a very complete package mm-hmm. for me. Um, I particularly like the Moses story. I think that's part of what it is for me. I like films where a guy I like stories where a guy comes in and is like I'm gonna I'm yeah. I'm gonna free the people or I'm gonna do this thing for the people and people are gonna be like woo and we're gonna go somewhere like I like that story I like the the savior story I guess in some way and that's what this that's what this yeah. film is um it's just very smart filmmaking the special effects are above and beyond the the acting from all corners humans and apes and alike andy and andy circus particularly whom i love tremendously yeah. breathe was an excellent film it was very close to being even um it was close to being on my top 10 it was close to the the honorees but i mm-hmm. kept it off mostly because it was the last film i saw and i thought like well maybe that's like 
And you thought your just love of Andy Serkis was coloring it? Kind of. Yeah. But this is a film that came out so long ago, and it has consistently been like in the top three films yeah. since I saw it. Um, and I can't say enough good things about it. Yeah. No, I really like this movie. Um, <clears throat> I love the special effects. I love the story. Even though you know where it's going. Like, you know where this movie is going and where it's going to end and how it's going to end. And even though that, even though you know all that, it's still, it's still very well done. Especially for a summer movie. Mm -hmm. This movie is. It's a smart summer movie. Yeah. Uh, What I don't, what I think people forget, what, even when it comes to the Academy or something like that, is that, or big movies. It's okay for big movies to be good, yeah. And it's okay for them to be smart, and it's okay for them to be nominated for best picture, yeah. Because because that Hollywood is all about scope and spectacle. Yeah. Like, think looking about, at you, Cleopatra, right? Which is a, f- a movie, certainly. You know, but like Gone with the Wind, The Ten Commandments, Lord of the Rings, Avatar, yeah. you know, Titanic. You know, these are huge, huge films mm-hmm. that get nominated for Best Picture and win. Yeah. Right. It's not because it's not just, wow, what a great story that was. And look, they did that on a budget of $100. And what a great experience that was. And it's not just about that. It's also about the spectacle. Mm-hmm. And a spectacle can give you a very emotional response. And it could also teach you something. And it can, and I think... War does all of that. Yeah, yeah. It's very. It's a very Cecil B. DeMille movie. Extremely. Yeah. Extremely. That's funny because he did Ten Commandments, a Moses film that I don't really love. (laughs) You isn't that weird? You are a horrible human being. Yeah. Well, which Cecil B. DeMille movie are you talking about? Which Ten Commandments movie are you talking about? I have to go back and watch the other one. Yeah. I I do own it because it's a special feature on. On uh, the Blu-ray, I think is a special feature on the. If, if you get like the, the collector's edition mm-hmm. that comes in, like it gives the, you both movies, two tablets of yep the Ten mm-hmm. Commandments. Um, I believe so. Yeah, that's pretty cool. I like that. All right, what's your number two? Number two, Professor Marston and the Wonder Woman. Oh, is it really? I absolutely adore this movie. Um, a little bit of what you said, like I like the fact that it's giving you a behind-the-scenes peek of how. This character was created, mm-hmm. and a character that resonates and still resonates and has always resonated, mm-hmm. and what this character has stood for throughout the entire time. Mm-hmm. Um, but all that aside, the the knocks that I've heard on this movie from from Professor Marston's family, no no less, it's not accurate. Is, it's not accurate, and you know what. I don't go to the movies for a supremely 100% pitch-perfect, accurate portrayal of an historical event. Sure. Because I've seen those movies, and they're not typically as interesting. Right. Real life is not as interesting as what... The as way what, the know, way this movie... Celluloid gives us. Yeah. The way this movie comes across and is presented in the time that it's done, in the, t- like the time frame of now and everything that goes on in the world... This movie is just such a lovely piece of filmmaking 
that it just makes you feel great about love mm-hmm. and the love that these three people shared. Like, I don't care if this wasn't how it was done. This is the truth I choose to believe. Hmm. And walking out of this movie, I just felt so good. Hmm. Um, it's it's so well acted, and it's such like I'm a I'm a sucker for a good sappy romance movie. Yes, and at the core, is this true. is what this movie is. Yeah, to to an extent, certainly, it's not really about the creation of Wonder Woman. It's no. about. It's, it's about, about Professor love. Marston and the people in his life, right. his wife and, and their mistress, right. um, and then and then all the things that kind of transpire because of that. Yep. Wonder Woman is an outcome of that, in, in to some extent. Yeah. Um, okay, my number one. Yep. You guessed it earlier. The Shape Justice. of Water. Oh. What's your number one? No, no, I want to hear you talk about Shape of Water. <laughs> I think you gave away yours. And I'll have words. <laughs> um, the Shape of Water, Guillermo del Toro, my man. Mm-hmm. Um, every single piece of this film is so methodically planned out that, you know, uh, um, it's... I'm going to say near impossible even for you to to beyond nitpicking find real flaws in it. Okay. Um challenge accepted. Okay. I think that I don't I think the I think the end is obvious. I don't think it's a surprise what happens. That's me personally. I mean, you kind of get it at the beginning. Uh, you, I, well, like, I don't want to talk about this movie with spoilers, but right. it's hard. Again, you have like a month to see this movie before yeah. we spoil it. Yeah, it's very recent, so I'm really, I'm, I will not spoil this movie. <laughs> but I think, I think what, yeah, I think what is presented to you at the beginning of the film mm-hmm. makes it really obvious what you know what might happen at the end. And also, if you've seen other <clears throat> Guillermo del Toro movies, then. Maybe something like uh, Pan's Labyrinth actually comes to mind. Yeah, then that... you're probably going to figure out like you're going to see a lot of similarities mm-hmm. um, in the kind of story he's telling. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think when it comes down to it, this is a movie about social outcasts, right? And and then and the and the banding together of you know the disabled, the gay, the black. The, the monster and you know like and what comes of that in 1950s America um, and so he's making a B <clears throat> horror movie right no. into a beauty and the beast story. I mean like the concept of like like creature from the black lagoon okay that's what I mean you know because that's basically what the creature is yeah he's Abe Sapien from Hellboy mixed with mm-hmm. creature from the black lagoon and he's turning and he's taking Beauty, and he's taking the fairy tale concept and and making social commentary out of it. He's made, taking Beauty and the Beast and turning it into social commentary, mm-hmm. um, mostly about the downtrodden and the outcasts, setting it in the 1950s. Yeah, and I I think aesthetically, like all Guillermo del Toro movies, it's visually stunning. Um, I was not lied to. Like in Crimson Peak, this movie is is not a horror. It is not a horror movie. It's a it's a ghost story. 
With, it's, it's a it's a gothic romance story with ghosts. with ghosts. Yeah. Oh, that won't be scary at all. <laughs> Five minutes in. Oh my god, I'm terrified. <laughs> yeah. Um. You know, I I knew what I was getting, mm-hmm. and what I think one of the things that actually really pushed this for me over one Alexander Desplat's score, which he won a Golden Globe for, I do believe, which is excellent. But Michael Shannon was tremendously good in this film. Mm-hmm. Um, his story was interesting. And I think even the script, it's not just about like these broad strokes of outcasts or anything like that. It's also it's also about saying this thing here and here's the payoff mm-hmm. for that later. And, and that, to me, makes a perfect film. Three billboards in Ebbing, Missouri did the same thing. And I'd actually had a really hard time with which like like in these order of the three which one goes where and ultimately i i kind of landed here but mm-hmm. i feel like they are a bit interchangeable so um taking up your challenge of nitpicking it well, i say you can nitpick i think broad strokes you'd have a hard time pulling it apart um so can taking nitpick up, anything yeah taking up that challenge i wanted to love this movie i did i love guillermo del toro I love almost every movie he's done that I've seen, mm-hmm. um, except Hellboy, oddly enough. I haven't seen Hellboy 1. I've seen Hellboy 2. I thought it was okay. You'd probably <laughs> like, Hell- knowing you, yeah. you'd probably like the first one more. Right. Um, I really love Pan's Labyrinth. I love um, Crimson Peak. I also really like Devil's Backbone. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> um, that being said, this movie looks brilliant. It looks so gorgeous. Typical Del Toro. The characters are so original. And so lifelike, typical del Toro. Honestly, it's just the story that missed for me. And I didn't and I don't mean it misses in what it tries to do. I think what it tries to do, it does it well. But I want some like I just wanted a little bit more. Can I I think can I say something? Yeah, go ahead. I find that quite amusing considering Beauty and the Beast is on your list. And this is a Beauty and the Beast, but 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 I I think somewhere deep down mm-hmm. you recognized that, and because Beauty and the Beast is, I'm not saying you wanted this to be a musical, but like you recognized the story and wanted something more from it because you recognize the story as something more. Yeah, um, I just felt like. I expected more of Del Toro mm. because of how great a storyteller I've seen him be. Sure. And I, I feel like this is not his best effort story-wise. See, maybe because it's, more, because it's more based on something else. Like it feels more based on something else than original. I think probably because you recognize the fairy tale yeah. Beauty and the Beast formula of it. Um, but I think that's... Where it works because it it tells you it's a fairy tale at the beginning. Yeah, you know there's, it's narrated. There's therefore also, it is a fairy tale. It's not. It's not real. It's weird because out of all the things that I out of all the things that I felt this movie does really well, one of the one of the moments that kind of missed for me was um, the second scene in the diner that kind of like brings you back sure. to like the time mm-hmm. frame that this movie's in. Yep. And while I while I feel like it fits in this movie, mm-hmm. it just seems like a weird throwaway scene 
that I'm like, ah, this, it doesn't really work. I know what you're talking about, yeah. and I, I, it is not <clears throat> a throwaway scene, but I can't tell you why because it spoils part of the movie. Yeah. But I will tell you off mic. Yeah. Um, but it's one of those, I think I understand what you, but it's also one of those scenes that you tend to have a hard time processing. I think of like Goodwill Hunting when we talked about that. Yeah. And it's like, it's one of those kinds of moments mm-hmm. that for whatever reason you have a hang up <clears throat> about somewhere yeah. down the line. Yeah. But I, like I said, I really enjoy this movie. A couple tweaks to the story. And this is easily in my top ten. I I do know what you mean because I did walk away going. I think there could have been. Maybe it's because like I, two minutes into the movie, I was like, "This is how it's going to end." Right. And I recognized that, and I rather wish it didn't. But I also recognized <clears throat> the fairy taleness of the film, right. and I and knowing the stri- sometimes knowing story structure or knowing literature is a horrible thing. It's a horrible yeah. thing because that's, you can't be surprised by things. That's why I try and shut off my brain when I go into a movie. Yeah, and I but see I by shutting off my brain. So like my so for instance, my brain was kind of shut off when I saw Get Out. Mm-hmm. And so because I watched it at home, it was late. I wasn't really it was just kind of like watching a movie. You're too busy and, chasing your cat. And so a little bit. Hi buddy. <laughs> um so so I, it was kind of like because I wasn't thinking about it on a deeper level, I probably yeah. didn't enjoy it as much as I could have. Okay. Um, and so um, I don't remember the point of that. Oh, but knowing story structure. So I think it walking away, shrugging your shoulders and walking away going, oh, it was just a movie. Yeah. That's what hurts my cinema going experience more than than thinking about it. Okay. Knowing story structure. Um, so your number, number one, one movie. What do you think it is? I don't think I, it. I, I actually honestly thought it was going to be Get Out. So when it, you said it, it earlier. It was for the longest time. So when you said it earlier. Get Out, list, Professor Mars and, and Colossal. I spent like a week at a time switching those three. Because those were one, two, and three for me initially. And I spent a week at a time switching them to see which one I was fine with. Mm-hmm. And I ultimately settled on Professor Marsden, Get Out. And colossal the way it is now mm-hmm. as one two as one two three, um, and that all changed when you wait wait, wait. When I saw this movie. Okay, I I actually want to try and guess okay. this. Okay, so um, you've been leading with the you've been leading me for weeks, and even on this podcast right now that it's potentially Justice League, mm-hmm. but I don't think you think it's the best. I honestly don't think you think that's the best film of the year. If you're okay. truly honest with yourself. Um. However, I'm because that's been in my head for so long. I'm having a hard long. time. You thinking of anything? Uh, you thinking anything else was best picture? But you did mention something about Josh Gad, which only leads me to Murder on the Orient Express, which I know you didn't think was best picture of the year. Though maybe you're about to surprise <laughs> me. So though it's either Justice League or Murder on the Orient Express. Okay, so this movie, I have. Very, very difficultly to great, to great painstaking effort on my part to not really talk about on social, on our social media and not really talk about with you because I wanted this to be a surprise. Now, you're not going to get any more guesses. I know you haven't seen this movie 
And just so you know, it kind of kills our friendship a little bit each day that you haven't seen it. Um, and when you do see it, if you don't think it's the greatest thing ever, I have to find a new host, which is super awkward because we record at your house. Please don't say Power Rangers. No. It is The Greatest Showman. Oh, my God. Do I love this movie so much. If I could just wrap myself in a blanket of this movie and sleep, I would have the greatest sleep of all time. I'm so surprised. This is everything I wanted La La Land to be. Like, good. Now, I'm, I have to say, I'm, <laughs> I'm a little perplexed right now. When I asked you how this movie was, right. you said... It was good. It was good. Right. That's all I got. And you said it was what I wanted La La Land to right. be. It was good. I, w- I will say this right off the bat. The story is weak. I know the story is weak. Yeah, you said that to me too. Like this story presents a problem and in three seconds because of music it is solved, which is great. I love it. Because it's a musical. In this, in this world... This is the movie we need. It is so full of life, so full of love, so full of energy that if you go see this movie and walk out not feeling better about everything, mm-hmm. you are a horrible human being. Um, that being said, I've seen this movie three times already. I'm sorry, what? I've seen this movie three times already. What? And when did was... you go? And why didn't you invite me along any of those times. Well, one, it was a Tuesday night. Uh, no, I'm sorry. One was a Wednesday night at like 11 o'clock. In the night night time. Yeah. Uh, we yeah. were going to go see it the next day, actually, but you decided. That was the first time you saw it. That's right. right. You decided you wanted to go see something else, and I don't even remember what it was. Uh, nothing. I was coming back from New York. No, no, no. no. That was the week after. The, the first week. We were going to go see it with our friends, but. Uh, Jen oh, was off um, So we went to go see something else Because she really wanted to go see it We saw Jumanji Oh yeah, that was really good Yeah um, <laughs> <laughs> What are you blaming me for? We saw Jumanji Which um, was a great time So It then, was super fun So then I saw it again that week On like Sunday uh, on, on Wednesday or on Friday or Sunday mm-hmm. I went to go see it again um, And then the week that you were in New York and I went to go see All the Money in the World. Yep. After coming a out of film that film, I also have not gotten to. After coming out of that movie and feeling very distressed about my life choices and <laughs> having watched that movie, I literally went straight over to the box office, got a ticket for Greatest Showman because it was starting in three minutes, and went to go see it a third time. This movie is great. The music, great. Hugh Jackman, phenomenal. Michelle Williams, who to me is like the fifth best actor in Dawson's Creek, is really good in this movie. Let's guess that's praise. Um, like to me, this this is a perfect movie musical, and there is nothing in this world that I would do more than watch Greatest Showman again. I'm I'm mostly proud of you for not picking Justice League. To be fair. Um, even in my earlier instances of this of this top ten, I think I had Justice League tenth. Okay, um, but then other films. Wonder Woman was always above it, um, mm-hmm. because I think Wonder Woman is the better movie. Yeah, it definitely is a better movie. Um, yeah, but nothing is as good as Greatest Showman. Listen, Academy, you nominate. I'm telling you right now. Like, look, Greatest Showman gets nominated. That is my pick. 
I don't care what else is nominated. Greatest Showman is awesome. Was that why you were so upset when it didn't win last night? I was kind of torn. No, um, I was. I didn't want Disaster Artist to win. I hate Disaster Artist. I still have not seen it. Don't Lady Bird is for me. Lady Bird is okay, and I'm happy it won the acting categories. Mm-hmm. I like because it's the comedy category. I was kind of torn between Greatest Showman and Get Out because mm. I think Get Out is so good and kind of breaks a mold, mm-hmm. whereas Greatest Showman just gives me the perfect version of a of it, a it, certain thing. It's just that's exactly what you wanted to yeah. see. So it's gonna, like I said, this is gonna be tough for the for the Academy. I have five movies that I want to see get nominated out of a possible ten. Mm. So. Um, but I was really happy Greatest Showman won Best Original Song, even though it's not necessarily my favorite song, because whatever song I hear last from that soundtrack is my favorite song. Wow. I want to go see this movie. Actually, I could probably see it this week. I think I will. Because I, I've I've been meaning to see it. I, right. I was very, very interested in seeing this film. Well, if I'm not doing anything, I will go again. I will let you know. Okay. I will let you know. Um Okay, so that that wraps up this episode, yes? Yes. Yes, okay, great. So you can you can write into us at Gmail and Twitter at Academy Rewind. You can write and review us on iTunes and all the places. And you can check out all of the Thought Bubble Audio shows at thoughtbubbleaudio.com. We will be back fairly soon um to talk about to talk about the award nominations, I think. Um or at least um, our later on to our predictions. Yeah, we're at least gonna do. Well, we're we're sending this out this week, which is good. Um, and then we'll have a couple more regular episodes. Then I believe we're gonna do one like the day after the Academy Awards. Mm-hmm. We'll do like the quickest Academy Rewind in history. By that I mean reviewing the movies from like two months ago, not time frame wise, not time wise. Yeah. Okay. That sounds good. Okay. So I think. Playing with- no, but I have so many more people to thank. Sorry, too bad. Bye. Bye. Bye.